0: Welcome to Define the Relationship Podcast, a podcast where we explore the relationship we have with the Bible and ourselves. I'm one of your hosts, Darlene Enstick.
1: And I'm the other host, Ted Enstick. And as you can tell from our names, we belong together. I just define the relationship.
0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Define the Relationship Podcast. Um, this morning we are going to, um, talk a little bit about some characteristics of Jesus that we've been focusing on. But before we do that, it's, uh, November, what is it? November 7th, November 8th, November 8th, it's Sunday morning. Um, we're back into code red. Actually we're first time into code red, I guess in in Altona. Yeah. And, uh, We would be getting ready for a service this morning, and instead, we're sitting here, not in our pajamas, guys. We're, like, dressed.
1: Definitely. We have sweats on.
0: (laughs) Moving on up. Uh, How are you doing this morning, Ted?
1: Yeah, it's a different Sunday morning than we've had in the last few months. We, uh, We kind of got into a rhythm. Things were working well. And uh, our province has uh, not done very well with COVID, so we have to be much more careful. And yeah, it's really, it's hit close to home for Seeds people. We have 22 cases in Eltona, and I believe five are connected to people at Seeds, so that um, it's real. If we didn't think it was real before, it just feels very different when uh, these are people that we love and know and So we're thinking about people who are, some people struggling with it, other people have it and aren't uh, experiencing any symptoms, which is, was good to hear. But yeah, yeah, so it's, this might be our new reality for the next little while. Hopefully we can snap out of it and move back.
0: Kind of hard to go back and forth, hey? Like the getting used to having some freedom and then now feeling even more like that we have to go back to a more restricted way and I think that's that's hard but I keep thinking I haven't quarantined so I uh I, I hope not to have to experience that yeah
1: yeah we <laughs> know people we've know people that have like already had their third COVID test since uh since March and we have had no COVID tests so far so yeah trying to keep that streak alive. Yeah. Hopefully mentioning it in public doesn't uh, affect that streak, but.
0: Okay. So let's, um, I think what we want to talk about today is super relevant for um, where we're situated right now um, in our world. And um, we've been asking the question about what is real about Jesus Mm -hmm. And so far, we have covered um, Jesus the Revolutionary, Jesus the Reconciler, and this morning, um, you're going to share a bit about Jesus the Lover. Mm -hmm. So I'll let you kind of start with what's been perking in your mind and heart lately about that.
1: Yeah, so um, in some ways, the... Jesus as lover that's kind of a it's a kind of a weird phrase to say I think often using the language of lover relates to kind of human human relationships sexual relationships um marriage partners mm. and so I don't know there's part of that just that saying of Jesus as a lover feels a little bit weird and um,
0: cause I'm your lover <laughs>
1: Thanks for defining the relationship, Darlene. <laughs> Appreciate that. Just
0: had to put that in there.
1: <laughs> um, I know one of the thoughts I had, I mean, there's there's three ways that I, I, I wanted to just kind of give some some way of thinking about Jesus as a representation of love, a, a, a holistic representation of love. And part of it, I was thinking too, is that we... Um, the revolutionary Jesus, I think the focus was on how Jesus comes in, breaks into our world and turns things upside down. Takes what felt like no- was normal and sort of reorientates it. And so there's this kind of intervention that Jesus does as a revolutionary. And then obviously the reconciling part is maybe a bit of a different <clears throat> A different energy, which is taking things that are separate or broken, need fixing, and putting back things back together, and so that's more of a, a healing, healing role that Jesus m- makes. And then I think in the lover, in this lover um, part of Jesus, it kind of fits both energies. That Jesus comes as a lover, and that is a revolutionary impact on on how things are like I the first thing I came across for me as I was thinking about this is that Jesus was a lover across binaries and boundaries mm-hmm. um, binaries are simply the way we kind of we we take the world and we order everything as black and white, right and wrong, good and bad, and uh, we you know, just draw circles, and we say, okay, in this circle, good, that circle, bad, and we just create separations, and it helps us think through our, through our lives. And Jesus comes and says, um, I'm not interested in your binaries, and your boundaries, and I'm going to cross them, and my love is going to be the motivation behind crossing them. So the So the first thing I wanted to share was how Jesus just loved to kind of, step across lines that people have put in the sand. And uh, I was thinking specifically of the story of the woman at the well in the Gospel of John chapter 4. It's such an interesting story because Jesus does all these things out of the ordinary. Jesus, I believe, is traveling from... I'm not sure if he's traveling from Jerusalem back to his homeland, the land of Galilee, or if it's vice versa. But if we spent some time in israel and um in present day israel the area that the meeting with the samaritan woman at the well took place is actually in occupied territory like there's actually mm-hmm. a wall that separates israel proper from where the palestinian authority is and there's a huge concrete wall that separates it so if you want to if you want to travel from where jesus grew up by the Sea of Galilee, and make your way to Jerusalem. It's kind of you're you're traveling from the north to the south. You can't do that directly. You have to make your way almost to the Mediterranean and come around that walled area and, and then come back into Jerusalem. So you're not really going straight down. And that's kind of what happened back in Jesus' day is that people would travel that roundabout way because to go directly would put you into the land of the Samaritans. Right. And the Samaritans were, um, they had a loose connection to to the Jews, um, but they were people that were left behind during the exile when many of the Jewish people had to leave. And um, they intermarried and so basically became mixed race type of people. And they were not sort of the favorite people of the Jews, and uh, so there was conflict there, and so in this story, Jesus decides that he's going to travel, and he's not going to travel the normal way, which is to avoid this area. He walks right through it, and brings his disciples. And so like, you can just imagine there would be some tension in the disciples. It's kind of like walking through a part of town that you know is being identified as dangerous and not safe for for people. And Jesus just plows through, and uh, in the middle of the day finds himself interacting with this Samaritan woman, and uh, so he's he's crossing an ethnic boundary, and then he starts crossing a gender boundary because he shouldn't be interacting with her. This is verboten, This is taboo, and uh, and so it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful um, kind of encounter that happens, and. You know, there's so many things happening there, but I think the big thing that happens is that she asks about worship of God like like where sh- where do we worship God? like our people say we can worship God up in the hills, and uh, your people suggest that you can only worship God in the building, the temple in Jerusalem, and uh, she asks, "Well, where is it? Where can we do this? And Jesus just collapses the binaries and says it's neither there, neither there it's all about um, the spirit and the truth of your worship that matter. And so it's just a, it's a beautiful, you know, boundary that gets blown up in that relationship. And, uh, I think that that's a big part of the love that, that Jesus, um, sees being a lover as, uh, removing these norms that separate people. Yeah. So kind of a, feels a bit like a, a combination between revolutionary and reconciling at the same time so um so that's the first thing i don't know if we want to just talk about that or or you want me to say some more
0: yeah well keep keep going okay if you want
1: okay so that's the first thing um a love that crosses binaries and boundaries the second one is that jesus loved in a way that required total sacrifice um it's a bit of a theological cliche for Christians to say that Jesus sacrificed everything on the cross for us. And that was, uh, you know, there's hymns and songs written about that sacrifice and how Jesus totally gave himself for humanity. And that's very, very true. Um, But I think it's also even bigger than that, that Jesus expanded what the definition of love looks like. We and I think that's something we really need to think about all the time is, what does it mean to be people who love one another? Um, and then when Jesus invites us to love our enemies, which kind of ups the ante a little bit, um, what does it mean to love? Does it mean we have to like sort of have warm feelings for people that we don't like or we have trouble with or we're in conflict with? Like, What does that mean to love um a person that we don't really feel too good about. And I think um, Jesus is just making clear that love is just so much bigger than just an emotional connection with people. Love is about tangible interactions. And uh, I feel like um, Jesus showed how love is actually a physical thing, that you you do things that um, are good for your neighbor. Um, you do things for your neighbor that you would want done to you so Jesus says you know the the law and the the prophets were all about loving God with your whole heart mind soul and strength so a very comprehensive understanding of love and then love your neighbor as yourself and so tangibly doing for your neighbor what you would want done to you and it's um, you know it feels like well what does that even mean but I think it if you think about it that way, like what would it look like for us to feel loved by other people? And um, sometimes it's material comfort. Um, you know, when somebody brings you soup or a loaf of bread, that feels like you've been loved. And sometimes it's making space to hear how you're doing, understand you, get you. Um, you know, it's a, love is so much bigger than the way we think of love as being, well, how I feel about other people. And that's a big thing right now, I think, in, our, in our, our world. Like, we've just come through a very tense, interesting week of watching our neighbors to the south have an election. And uh, there's a lot of partisan rhetoric and <clears throat> kind of polarized thinking and uh, lots of nastiness and stuff. And, uh, you know, the question, what does it mean to love in that context feels like, oh, that's a real, that's really hard to do that because...
0: Yeah, because the nastiness to be real isn't just out there. Like we feel it in our own bodies, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so yeah, so this Jesus loved in a way that required total sacrifice, it's a huge challenge for us to think about what it would mean for us to be totally sacrificed to love. It would probably mean things like putting our own feelings aside at times to reach across a boundary or a binary and make a connection with somebody who's very different than us.
0: What, like I've had this song in my, in my uh, mind all week. is like, put a little love in your heart and the world will be a better place. You know, I just, I keep that song has just like, what does that mean to put a little love in your heart? So if Jesus, I've kind of used this because the roar meditations have been so much about love this week too, that, um, you know, what does it mean to put love in our heart and not like that feeling love that you're talking about? But like, to me, it's like this invitation to like allow the, the kind of Jesus that you're describing, that healing, the reconciling, the boundary breaking, put that love in my heart and the world would be a better place like that's a great song actually
1: was that song based on the bible or something or <laughs> like like that's is it a
0: christian song
1: i don't know that song sounds a little bit sort of like uh, i don't know it seems a little bit like bubblegum and uh, and good feeling do you like no you-
0: not not when you're saying not not if you take it and you make it the kind of love that Jesus embodies. It is then it's then it's, it's not bubblegum at all.
1: No, I think you're right. I think you're right. It just um, that's kind of like I think that's where there's a bit of a challenge and tension for us is that we we love that kind of song because it kind of hooks into us something and saying like yeah, we, you know, the Beatles, all we need is love. Um, there's so many songs about about love that sort of capture our attention and um, but to really put something like that into action feels way more difficult than than the sentiment of of those ideas and so I think that's this this way of thinking about Jesus is like super challenging for us like yeah,
0: but I guess. I, or I am like, I
1: not getting what you are saying?
0: I I feel like you are pushing back on it, but i I think what I am saying is that it's simple, but not simplistic, right? And, um, you know, the, the doing small things with great love. So it's the small choices, even in a moment when you feel in your heart like you just want to like react against. Something, someone, some post, some, something. What does it mean to allow the binary breaking love of God in Jesus to find a place in your being? Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to those simple things. So, um, and I think it's very challenging. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not in any way trying to make light of the um of what you're talking about in fact i i think it's just like i think it just gets embodied in small daily practices
1: yeah i think that that's that's well said that this is something you need to practice at and you have to come at it with you have to come at your life with a commitment to live it out and recognize at times that like oh yeah i didn't quite didn't quite do it there. Um, it's so easy when um, the way you view the world kind of becomes the right answer at, at some point, you know, there like mm. there's a vindication that it's um, it's easy to think like, oh, now you can kind of be smug about it and now you can sort of like put it in somebody's face and say, uh, look, this is what happened and you thought this and that didn't happen. Um, so it's easy to think like, oh, that wasn't really very loving because, it sort of devalues the other person. You know, they think differently than you, but you're kind of, you're treating them as less than. And so, uh, yeah, having a posture of, okay, what does it mean to make space for difference and and different thinking and not give in Mm -hmm. to the way you see things, Mm -hmm. which often are like, they're convictions, they're, they're important parts of who we are, but also being able to say, hmm, you know, I don't really agree with you, but I'm not going to demonize you. I'm not going to dehumanize you. I'm not going to put you in a circle and say, stay over there. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's it's not easy. Um, it sometimes feels like it's not easy in our time. I'm sure it was never very easy for any time for people to really to live that out.
0: You probably have more to say, but I have a question. Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> I always
1: Sorry. have more to say, usually. <laughs>
0: Um how do you see um oh crap now I totally forgot. Dang.
1: Do you want me to just keep talking I and mean, then if you remember we can come back to it?
0: Sorry, I'll have
1: to That's okay. Why don't I just keep talking? Maybe it's something we'll something we'll tweak as we talk. like the last the last thing i was going to say about jesus as a lover is i mean maybe it's the most important part of it is that the love that jesus showed and acted out sacrificially and you know boundary breaking it was all to reveal who god is that the love that jesus was embodying was actually the love of God that this was who God is, and Jesus was kind of lifting the veil of that that getting to know who God is and um, you know again Jesus's revolutionary and reconciling ways sort of show that this is who the character of the one who is beyond all things the creator of of everything, the creator of us this is this is at the very bedrock. Of the way things are, and um, so love and living out love isn't just something that we do to try to make things a bit better than they are. It's actually, it's actually the en- energy of the universe. It's what, it's the way things are meant to be. So that's a huge thing about, you know, when we say that we want to follow Jesus, we are not just sort of saying like, "Wow, he's, he's this interesting." person who came on the scene 2000 years ago and we're going to give our loyalty to Jesus. We're we're saying that no, Jesus represents the way things really are and we want to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, and that is like when I think about how many people are so hesitant um at myself included at times is like do I want to be identified with this group of people called Christians? Because of how we see, kind of the worst representations of of Christians, and then kind of say, "Yeah, we don't have anything to do with that." But this kind of Jesus and God that you are talking about—this is this is what it means to follow Jesus. This is what it means. Like this, often I think the people. Um, that are so turned off by christians it 's like this is this is the kind of God that we want to follow, so let 's follow that let 's mm-hmm. let 's you know reclaim uh the true character of Jesus, mm-hmm. binary breaking like uh revolutionary um, reconciler and and lover, and I think that that 's worthy of kind of wanting to follow
1: yeah totally i think in it 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 goes so much so much beyond our understanding of what it means to be a certain type of christian or like from a a particular tradition be it the mennonite tradition or catholic or what wherever you come from there's something here that transcends all of that and uh, i think this kind of comes to the heart of the heart of where we developed this understanding as a congregation at the very beginning of seeds that we want to make Jesus real. And if we can center our lives and center our thinking and what we're trying to do around this Jesus, Mm -hmm. that can be transformational. Mm -hmm. That can, that can be revolutionary. It can be reconciling to our community. It can actually be a way that love can be shown. And, I, I believe that the reason why we exist as a, a community of people is to make that love that Jesus represents actually a reality, Yeah. you know, um, for other people and for ourselves. So are, are we experiencing that? Have we experienced that? Are we a part of bringing that to other people in a way? Um, that's kind of our that's our task as people who say we follow Jesus. We're a church, which means we're people who are banded together to follow Jesus. And uh, yeah, I think that can be really, really, really important for us and others.
0: Yeah, thanks. That's so good. Thanks for sharing that, Ted. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Do you have any final words or well, we have I, one more. We have one more word that we want to explore around the character of Jesus. Um, we'll save that for next time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I don't know if we'll be able to share it in person as a community. Yeah, that's something we're hoping for. I would just, I would just point people to. We talked about the Roar devotions, and for some of you, you might not be aware of that. Richard Roar, who is a Jesuit priest out in New Mexico. Um, heads an organization called the Center for Action and Contemplation. And he has a daily um, meditation that you can subscribe to. So if you're interested in that, I think it's cac.org is the website, and you can give your email. I know many people in our community subscribe to that devotion. He can He can sometimes be pretty mystical and talk about things that might feel a bit like they're going over our head and and that's okay but this past week um the meditations have focused specifically on love um good timing yeah and i think i think the timing was intentional um and um yeah, I think I, I maybe I wouldn't mind just leaving with this quote from Richard Rohr from one of those those meditations that kind of really impacted us when we when we read it earlier this week, and um, Richard Rohr says this: following Jesus is a vocation. Vocation is simply a job. Following Jesus is a job to share the fate of God, or the reality of God, for the life of the world. To allow what God, for some reason, allows and uses, that is, the imperfect everything, including me, and to suffer ever so slightly what God suffers eternally, often this has little to do with believing the right things about God beyond the fact that God is love itself. And um, just to put a fine point on that, the words of Jesus and John, love one another as I have loved you so Amen. try to put that try to put that into reality this week for ourselves and for others that would be something wonderful
0: put a little love in your heart
1: put a little love in your heart are you going <laughs> to sing again?
0: <laughs> no
1: <laughs> you sounded really good for a Sunday morning take care everyone bye bye stay safe